If you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, you can go ahead and, and, and turn to Proverbs chapter 7, and I'll join you there in just a few moments. I want to let you know that through the month of February, we've been doing standalone sermons, which we've been taking major themes out of Proverbs and then applying them. And uh, normally I preach through series, and so in a way, this has been a series through February. Starting next weekend, March, we'll not only do, take the Lord's Supper, communion together as a church family, but I am going to start a brand new series called Locally Owned and Operated. And so if you'd like to read ahead, uh, Revelation chapter 2. It's going to be an interesting weekend as we look at that. I cannot wait uh, to open up Revelation chapter 2 with you and just walk through those verses together. But this morning, we're continuing in this series, and we're uh, our, our Proverbs, and we're grabbing some major themes. And today, what I want to talk to you about out of Proverbs chapter 7 is this, is the, the power of direction. I mean, when you really look at this issue of direction, then you understand that nobody really gets lost on purpose, right? I mean, nobody really, when they're driving, sets out to get lost. And in fact is, many of us don't know we're lost until we get to the destination. We realize it wasn't the destination we want to go to. Or sometimes it's, it's along the way. It happened to me here a while back. In fact is, this last week, I was contacted by Westside Church in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, Dr. Kurt Dodd, who was our planting pastor here and was here for a number of years, he now is there. And, uh, and it's his 10-year anniversary coming up the first week of, May, of March. And so they asked me for uh, just questions about him. One of the questions was, uh, was, what was one of my favorite memories? And so one of my favorite memories of Kurt was this, is that we had decided to elk hunt uh, Fort Carson Army Base. Now, if you don't know anything about that, it is legal to hunt there as long as you go up there and go through a class and get certified and understand where, where you can hunt, where you can't hunt, all that other stuff. We did all that. And so we went up there to, to elk hunt one, one day, and we checked in with the, with the gate commander, and we checked in with the marshal. And so the marshal told us this, that that day on the range that they would be running live tank drills with live ammunition. And so he took our map of Fort Carson Army Base, and he, he circled out an area in red and said, whatever you do, stay away from this area. And I'm like, no problem. I mean, live tanks, live ammunition, I will not go there. You don't even have to talk me into it. I will not go there. And so they told us the area which we could go and which we would be safe. And so uh, I had an old Bronco at the time, and I'm in my Bronco, and Kurt's in there with me, and I'm driving. He's giving directions, and we took this turn, and uh, we opened up into a field of about 40 tanks. And yeah, and we're in the middle of these tanks. It's like 40 tanks running live drills with live ammunition. Don't forget that. I'm thinking, is this the way we're going to die, Kurt? Is this the way it's going to end for me? I mean, what will our wives think? What will the church think? I mean, what, I mean are we going to die here? And so I am freaking out. And so Kurt tells me, just pull over, just pull over. So we pull over. Kurt jumps out of the Bronco. He literally walks into the middle of the tanks. He walks up to a tank. I'm like, I'm not believing this. He walks up to a tank. All of a sudden, the hatch opens. This guy comes out with helmet and goggles and everything. He's, un, you know, he's taking off cords and things like that. And he looks over at Kurt. He's kind of shocked and surprised. He says, well, may I help you? And Kurt says, yeah, my buddy and I were trying to elk hunt this property. We're lost. And so the guy gives me your, well, give me your map, and gave him his map, and he gave us directions, and Kurt came back to the Bronco. He's laughing, I'm laughing, we're pulling away, and I'm thinking, you know what, they're going to shoot us on the run. That, you know, they will call this an accident, they are going to shoot us on the run, we are going to die. And I still didn't feel good until we got over the hill, and I could not see the tanks any longer. And so here's the issue, that a lot of times that, that, that we don't get lost on purpose, a lot of times we don't realize we're lost until we take a wrong turn or if we end up to a destination that we did not intend to go. 
Now listen, a lot of times I wait to like the middle of my sermon to give you the deep stuff. So I'm going to give you the deep stuff right now. This is a deep thought. Whatever road you're on determines your destination. Now a lot of you are looking at me like, the fact is, even those of you that normally take notes, you're like writing nothing down. And you don't understand how deep that is. Listen, whatever road you're on determines your destination. Now listen, we get this in driving. We understand this, and we get this when we're going, to pl- going somewhere, that whatever road we're on kind of determines our destination. But let me tell you something. This is also true in life. See, that's where the, dis- the disconnect is from time to time. Uh, this principle, whatever path you're on, whatever road you're on, determines your destination. This is true in marriage. This is true in dating life. This is true in your career, your education, a profession, a job. I mean, this, pr- this principle applies everywhere. So we're going to walk through Proverbs chapter 7 together, and I'm going to give you a couple of principles out of Proverbs chapter 7. The first principle is this. Your direction determines your destination. Your direction, your direction in life, your direction determines your destination. Listen, not your intentions, not your goals, not your desires, not your dreams, not your happily ever after, none of that. Listen, let me tell you something. Your direction determines your destination. Have you ever had someone hurt you and they've hurt you real deeply and so they've looked at you and they've looked you in the eyes and says, I'm sorry, I know that, I know that was hurtful, but my intentions were good. Not helpful. You ever had someone hurt you and tell you, you know what, I know that hurt, but that wasn't my intention. See, there's a disconnect that a lot of people have from in life to where they don't understand the path, the, the road that you're on determines your destination. And there's this, there's this disconnect. Have you ever been around someone and their life is like falling apart? And I mean, they have crashed and burned and they're telling you the story and, and, and they're acting like they're shocked. And you look at them and say, what did you expect? Hey, what did you expect with the choices that you made, the decisions that you made, the path that you, that you took? See, listen, let me tell you something. In life, the highway or the path that you and I take are critical to your destination. And so we're going to walk through Proverbs chapter 7 together. Solomon is, is an older man, and Solomon is writing this Proverbs, and, and he's standing in, in, um, in the second-story bedroom, and he's looking out the window. He's looking through a curtain, and he sees a younger man on the street. So it's a contrast between an older man and a, and, and a younger, uh, well, actually a teenager. And Solomon begins fleshing out this principle that your direction determines your destination. And so we'll just pick up the story here in verse 6, and we'll just walk through this together. So verse 6, while I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular, who lacked common sense. Okay, students, youth, listen to me and don't miss this. All students lack judgment. All students do not have common sense. All students are immature. Why? Because to have common sense or to have sound judgment, you need two things. You need time and experience. You have neither. So when Solomon is looking at this younger man... He's all sudden looking at it from a different perspective. And so, students, that's why when, when your parents talk to you and they can see some things so clearly in your life 
And they can see it so clearly in your life because they have time and experience. And so this this happens a lot of times when parents are having conversation with students and and all of a sudden when they start parents start seeing things clearly and they're they're thinking about the destination they're not thinking about the event and they're not thinking about they're they're thinking where is this going to end up and so parents begin speaking truth into their student's life or their child's life and all of a sudden the child pushes back and says what what a lot of teenagers say you don't know what you're talking about i mean you're out of date uh things have changed i mean there's been some there's been some advances and this is a this is a new world and it's a new way of dating it's a new way of doing life it's a new way of doing all that stuff in fact is mom and dad you're not very bright you can't even program your phone i mean you don't you don't i mean i mean facebook was cool till you got on facebook and now it's not cool any longer and and so you don't understand text messaging and you don't understand lol lotil and all rotl whatever you don't understand all that you don't understand the language and guess what mom and dad you don't understand twitter twitter's like confusing to you i mean you're just not cool you don't understand well students let me tell you this proverbs are like tweets from solomon it's like it's like 140 characters or less of wisdom so if solomon was tweeting this this is what he would say i saw some naive young men one in particular who lacked common sense. Hashtag, you're immature. Hashtag, you have no common sense. Hashtag, listen to your mama. Hashtag, listen to your pastor. Right? I mean, that's how Solomon would tweet that. And so, so, so this young man lacks judgment because he's a kid, because he doesn't have time, he doesn't have experience. Solomon is older. He has time and experience, and he goes even deeper. And he says, verse 8, so he's looking at this story. He says, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. Now listen, you don't have to be a theologian to read this story. No, oh man, this, is gonna, this isn't ended up anywhere good, right? fact is, you may never read Proverbs 7 ever before in your life, and you can just start picking up if you have judgment. Say, you know what, this isn't going to end well. And so, but the young man who doesn't have time and experience, lacks common sense. He's like, this is awesome. I mean, this is, this, is like, this is like awesome. And so there's this huge contrast between Solomon and between the young man. For the young man, it's just about an exciting event. The experience. Solomon. It's about direction. It's about destination. For Solomon, it's a predictable highway. So verse 10, the woman approached him seductively dressed and sly of heart. She was the brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She was often in the streets and markets soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, so here's what she told him, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. So what is up with that? Because some of that may not mean anything to us. Here's what that meant. First off, she told him, listen, I got a lot of money. Uh, man, I got a lot of money. I got everything I need. So I don't need money, and I don't need your money. Here's what I need. I need you. I just need you. And then she goes on, verse 14, and she says, Oh, and by the way, I just made my peace offerings down at the church and fulfilled my vows. So what does that mean? Because that really, in our culture, we, we, we really don't understand what that means. Here's what that means, and then we'll relate it to our culture so we get this and we understand this. So what she's saying is this. She said, You know what? I... I I went down to the church, and, and I'd filled my bucket up with sin. 
And so I went down to the church, and I sacrificed an animal, and I prayed. And after I sacrificed that animal and I prayed, God took all of my sin away. I mean, he emptied, I emptied out my bucket of sin. And guess what? I'm going out again, and I'm filling it up. I am filling it. Now listen, before we judge her, we all have that temptation to develop a system to where it's not about repentance, it's not about a change of life, it's just about something sacramental, something mystical or magical that we do. Fact is, if we're not careful, if we're honest, because I think church should be the place where we just be honest. Catholics and Protestants have a, have a similar system that can be abused. For instance, Catholics fill up their bucket of sin. They go down and they see a priest and they, they confess some things. They confess some sins. The priest absolves them of that sin. They empty out that bucket of sin. And then they leave church just to fill up the bucket of sin again. Now, Protestants have a similar one, except for they just cut out the middleman. They cut out the priest. And so they fill up their bucket of sin. And then they pray and they love to quote 1 John 1, 9, that if, if we confess our, our sins, that he is faithful and just and and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so in other words, in other words both camps it, it can develop a system in that is abused in a system that is this, that I just fill up my bucket of sin. I live however I want. I make choices however I want. I do whatever I want. And I go down to the church. I pray a magic prayer. I talk to a priest, whatever. I empty out that bucket of sin. And I leave church ready to fill it up again with no thought of a changed life, with no thought of repentance. And let me tell you something, that is an insult to God. That's what she was doing. That's what she was saying. I am good with the church Fill up the bucket of sin. I'll just show up here next week and dump it. Uh, verse 15. And so watch this. And she's still talking to him. You're the one I was looking for. I came to find you, and you are here. Okay, so she's seducing him with her words. Seduction always starts first in words. And that's what she's doing. The three different times, you, you're or you're. Watch this. You're the one. In other words, when you lack time and experience, when you're immature, he is thinking, I'm the man. I'm awesome. I mean, she came, watch this. You're the one I was looking for. I came to find you. And here you are. She's thinking, you know what? I'm the man. I'm pretty special. I mean, this is stuff music videos are made out of. I mean, this is like awesome. In, in other words, and you know what she's saying? This is meant to be. You ever heard someone say that? God didn't want me to meet her. Why'd we meet? God didn't want me to get back with an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend after all they did. Well, if he didn't want then why did we see each other at the mall? Right? I mean, we've all heard this, right? When you, when you lack time and experience, it's just weird. And so she goes on, verse 10. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets, Egyptian lit, linen. I, prefer, I perfume my bed and myrrh and alloys with cinnamon. Come, let us drink of our fill of love until the morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses. He is thinking, this is like awesome. Am I dreaming? Verse 19, a little bit deeper. For my husband is not home. 
He's away on a long trip. He, was take, he has taken a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. Here, here's what she's telling him. You can take my path. You can take my direction. No consequences on this road. What happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. Uh, my husband's gone. And see, in their culture, they didn't have plastic. So when they traveled, they had to take cash. And so you, you knew how long of a journey someone was going on by how much money they, they took with them. So she knew my husband's going to be a, he's, he's going to be gone a long time. Fact is, you, you, don't even have to, you don't even have to rush out in the morning. My husband's gone. And, and guess what? They, on this road, no consequences. On this road, no problems. And so she goes on and she says, so she seduced him with her, her the pretty speech and enticed him with flattery. And, and you know what she's doing? She's inviting him on another road, another pathway. But the problem is your direction determines your destination. Verse 22, he followed her at, at once. Why? Because it's an emotional decision. If God didn't want us to meet, why'd we meet? No concert. This is awesome. I, I, I mean, I'm special. She's inter, inter, interested in me. Now, please don't forget that because it's going to come out in the story later. Remember what she told him. I'm interested in you. I came to find you. You're, you're, the, you're the one. Second principle is this, is it is not an event but a destination. You see, when you're young and when you're immature, when you lack common sense and judgment, you think it's just a date. It's just a phone call. It's just a relationship. It's just a meal. It's just a dinner. It's just, it's just an event. But the problem is this. It is not an event. It is a destination. And so, well, how do we know that? How do we know? Are you making that up about event, destination? Watch what Solomon says. Verse, we'll, we'll continue on verse 22. Like an ox going to slaughter. He is like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He's like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Every animal that, that Solomon used in this illustration did not know their destination, did not know what awaited them. It's like the deer that just wants to feed or the deer that just wants to rest and goes into a meadow and, and uh, in the meadow is a snare and steps into the snare and, and the, the harder the deer tries to get out of the snare, the, the tighter the noose gets. And before long, all of a sudden, a hunter emerges from the woods and fills the deer with arrows. See, neither animal knew what their destination was, what awaited them, little knowing it would cost him his life. See, it's not an event. It's a destination. You know, well, wait a minute, you know, Sound like my dad. Up, I mean, that sounds like my dad up there in that window. It sounds like my mom up there in that window. You, you don't want me to be happy. You don't want me to be cool. You don't want me to be accepted. You don't understand. They're into me. They like me. I'm special. It's just a date. It's just a text message. It's just a phone call. It's just a Facebook post. But it's not an event. It's a destination. See, that's why when you talk to someone who lacks common sense, sounds judgment, that's why when you parents talk to their students and there's this disconnect is because your student is focused on the event and you're focused on the destination. What kind of man are you going to grow up to be? What kind of woman are you going to grow up to be? 
Are you going to grow up and you're going to have a lot of emotional baggage because of the way that you lived your life or because of the path that you took? Parents, this is why it's so important and so hard to communicate to your children because here's the deal. Your children are focused. They're, they're only focused on the event. And you're focused on the, the destination. And then Solomon goes even deeper and begins to address this. And he says, uh, verse 24, So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. In other words, huge lesson here. I mean, I mean don't be too quick. And, and, and don't take, in other words, don't take yourself out of the equation. See, one of the most dangerous things to do in Scripture is when you read Scripture is to be above it instead of in the story. So you're able to put yourself in the story. You know, so he goes on, verse 25, here's what Solomon says. He says, don't let your heart stray towards her. Sometimes the reason, just, sometimes the reason we have so much trouble is, is because it's emotional, not rational. And that's what Solomon's saying. Man, if you let your heart stray towards her, your body's going to follow. You let your heart stray towards him. It is, see, it is not a path, but it's a destination. Don't wander down her wayward path. Uh, I mean, the young man can say, wait a minute, I just went to her house. We just watched movies. It was just a date. No, it's more than a date. It's more than an event. It's a destination. In verse 26, for, watch this. For she has been the ruin of many I thought I was the only one. You mean there's broken relationships everywhere she goes? I thought I was special. I thought I was the only one. And what Solomon says, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Many, 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 many. And I hate to break this to you. This isn't a unique situation. And I know, I know when you're in the situation, you say, wait a minute, I've never felt that way before. Listen, a lot of people have felt that way before. And it's led to their destruction. People push back and say, well, wait a minute, you don't understand. Nobody understands me like he does. Nobody understands me like she does. Listen, this is so common, this is so predictable that you are part of a crowd and you're on a highway. Young man, you're on a highway that you don't want to be on. And it's taken you to a destination where you don't want to end up. Listen, let me tell you something. Your destination is determined by the road you're on. Not your intentions, not good desires, not goals, not dreams, not anything. And you say, well, wait a minute, it just sounds so judgmental. I'm not being judgmental. I can say it with confidence. Where the highway ends up, you don't want to go there. Watch this. This is how Solomon puts it, verse 27. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is a den of death. I thought what, stays in, what happens in the bedroom stays in the bedroom. And I'm telling you, Solomon said, wait a minute, this highway, it's like a 20-lane highway with HOV lanes, mass transit, rail system, double-decker buses, double-decker highway. I mean, this is a big, big highway. And there's people on the side of the highway, hopefully for you, friends and family and church members and everything else, waving their arms saying, don't do it. Do not do it. 
Do not let your heart go towards her. Do not take this road. And I'm hoping that there's road signs that you hear. God's word that warns you and cautions you about this. Because don't think for a moment this is special. When I started reading this story, everybody pretty much knew this wasn't going to end well. That's why people can go in and sit down with a pastor or a counselor. And they can tell them how their life crashed and burned in a relationship or situation. And the pastor or counselor will look across the, the, the couch at them and say... I bet you when your life crashed and burned, you felt like, or you felt, boom. And the individual will look back at the pastor and counselor and says, that's unbelievable. How'd you know that? You're so smart. No, it's not that you're so smart. It's that you've heard that same story thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Because this highway, it is crowded. See, the highway you're on right now. What is the destination? Is someone warning you, someone raising up the red flag saying, don't do it, telling you the bridge is out ahead of you and it's not going to be good and it's not good. Because I've watched, I've watched this for years as a pastor. I've watched people take that highway and take a bad exit and they've had family members and friends and people in life groups and people they go to church with and, and they're waving their arms and they don't do it, don't do it. And they continue on. And, and the reason that the individual continues on a lot of times is for them it's emotional, not rational. That's why Solomon said, hey, don't let your heart. Man, don't do it. And so you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, where do we want to end up? Solomon again in 25, verse 25 said, don't let your heart stray towards her. Don't wander down her path. And the reason is this, is there is something emotional that is on that path, that if you were rational, you'd be able to say, it's not going to end well. I mean, I mean, I just learned some more to this story that many, many, many have been destroyed. That's, pe that's why people can come in and sit down with you and say, you don't realize where this road is taking you. You don't realize where this decision is taking you. People push back and say, no, I don't care. Because I'm... I'm focused on the event. See, God says it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not about the moment. It's about the destination. That's why you always listen to, to God and your mama. I'm telling you, if your mama is up in that upper stair room and looking through the, the window, through the curtains at you down on, down on the street, your mama, when she sees that go down, especially if she's from the south, she is not going to say, you know what, I think I'm going to write a book of the Bible. I'm going to go journal. Now, your mama will be out of the house in your face and in her face telling her, don't do it, get away now, right? See, I, hopefully, every one of us have people around us that can tell us. You're, you're, you're headed for trouble. You're on a bad highway. The question is this, will you listen? See, there, I know I'm talking, but feel like I'm talking to like three different groups of people this morning. That there's some of you, when you hear this message, it comes at great relief to you. Because you, you've been on a bad path. You've been on a bad highway. And you've taken, you've taken the path of faithfulness. And God is starting to bless you. 
He's starting to bless your relationships. He's starting to bless your life. And so for you, this just comes as, as, as confirmation and relief. Some of you, man, you've been on the road for a long time of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger. And you've taken a, a new road of forgiveness. And you learn to forgive. You learn to resolve your issues. And there's more grace and joy in your life than you've ever had. Some of you, you've taken the road, the financial road. So you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to steward my resources well because I understand they're from God. And you started to tithe and you started to give and started to rearrange your finances. And God has begun to bless you in ways that you never believed possible. Some of you, you took a road in marriage and said, well, we're going to work through our issues in marriage. And we're, we're, we're going to go talk to a counselor. We're going to talk to a pastor. We're going to have people around us. We're going to do whatever it takes. And you made some changes in your, in your marriage. And all of a sudden, God's begun to bless that. But then there's another group, and there's like this disconnect between the path you're on and your, and your destination. You, you, you don't get that, and you don't see that. And so you, you can say things like, I want to end up with a, with a good Christian guy. So I'll just go out with anybody who asks me, as long as they're hot. I want, to be a, I want to be a family unit. I want to have a strong family. But I'm never going to spend any time with them. I'm never going to talk to them. I'm never going to build a relationship with them. I want my children to respect me. So I'm just going to break every promise I've ever made to my kids. I want to grow old and enjoy grandkids, so I'm going to neglect my health. I want to have a great sex life when I get married. So I'm going to practice with everybody I can, whoever I go out with. I want to lose weight. So supersize that. I want to know God, but I'm not going to get in a life group. I'm not going to read scripture on my own. I mean, I know I see people that have this deep knowledge and relationship with him, and I, I desire that. But here's the deal. I, I, don't ask me to get in a life group. Don't ask me to open scripture for myself. Don't ask me to read it for myself. I, I, I want to have a great relationship with my spouse. So I'm going to criticize them. I'm going to judge them. I'm not going to spend any time with them. I'm not going to do anything to build a relationship. See, highway determines direction. I, I want to be financially secure. So I'm going to rack up unbelievable credit card debt. I want friends. Listen, my destination, I want friends that I can trust. So I'm going to gossip about every friend I got right now. Question is this, what highway are you on? Is it going to take you to your destination? Is it going to take you to where you want to be? Or are you going to open up into a field filled with tanks and live ammunition and all of that other stuff? Because here's the deal. People on this highway, people on the highway, they think there's a disconnect between, between uh, destination and, and direction. People on that highway say the same thing. I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm brighter than everybody else. I'm not going to end up how everybody else ends up. But the problem is highway determines destination. And this is why you need God's word for guidance. That's why you need a relationship with other believers. 
That's why you have to understand that, that, that the path you're on today determines destination. That's two groups. The third group is this. Some of you may be ending up right now in destinations where you don't want to be. And you thought destination was dependent upon goals and dreams and desires and everything, but the truth is your path determines your destination. 